Hello and welcome back to After Whistle Sports Podcast. I'm joined by Jonathan for another episode of Across the Country in College Football. We are staying in the Pac-12 with the other LA team. We're going over USC football, um, a team who won, was it? 11 11 games. games. Yeah, they won 11-1 last year. They did not win the Pac-12 championship. They did not make the college football playoff, but... They were so much better under Lincoln Riley than they were under Clay Helton. And they're only looking to take it to the next level this season. So as we always do, offseason and the end of last year, they went full transfer portal U uh, and they basically filled in every single need they had. Um, They lost Jordan Addison. Guess what? They brought Dorian Singer, uh, the wide receiver out of Arizona. Uh, they needed offensive line help. Great. They went out and got three possible starter offensive linemen, um, which we'll, we'll go into depth later. Uh, I'm not quite sure that that unit's going to be college football playoff ready, but um, they needed defense. The defense was terrible. Uh, and they went out and completely revamped um, the entire front seven. So, yeah, um, they were very busy in the offseason. And to go along with that, they ended up having uh, a top 10 recruiting class. Uh, and we honestly haven't been able to talk a lot about recruiting classes because the teams we've covered lately in the Pac-12 um, haven't had as many like day one freshman like performers or starters. But I think we can spend a little bit of time for USC at least because they got some some guys that are going to be playing and are going to be making a difference. Um, I guess one guy, you, you can highlight the next guy, but the, the guy I want to highlight is Zachariah Branch, who is the number one overall wide receiver uh, coming out of high school, number fourth ranked player nationally by 24-7 and straight speedster, um, 5'10", 170. But people have said, and again, I haven't seen him play, but people have said he plays a little bit like Tyreek Hill We'll see. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. But, I mean, I assume he's going to get some targets and get get some run just because he seems like a great athlete. Um, but they also went out and got some guys who I really like on the defensive end of the ball. Linebacker Tackett Curtis out of Louisiana is one of my favorite linebacker, linebacker prospects in the entire class. Um, he was a high four-star, almost a top 100 player. I mean, I, I can go into a whole episode of my takes on the recruiting services, but – I think he could definitely get some time uh, either as a depth piece or maybe even push for starting linebacker position. Um, and then like some other guys I would look out for Braylon Shelby, the edge rusher out of Texas, uh, Walker Lyons, uh, the tight end. So, I mean, they got a bunch of guys who are going to be coming in as highly recruited freshmen. Um, and I think we could see them make a difference. Now, do you want to go over the transfer portal stuff? They did yeah, that. um, re- real quick, like, obviously, Zach Branch is, like, the guy, and he's, like, going to be on the field in some capacity, whether that's special teams, uh, returning punts and kickoffs for them, or just flat-out playing wide receiver. Uh, Malachi Nelson is, like, a guy that pe- people will know in the future. Obviously, he's not going to start this year because they have the best quarterback prospect since probably Trevor Lawrence playing for them. But Nelson, like, very modern co- quarterback, good good body, can mo- moves well in the pocket. Um, changes his arm angles re- really well. I don't watch recruits like you do in, in football. I'm more of a basketball recruiting guy, yeah. but I do watch the quarterbacks, and I was pretty impressed watching Malachi Nelson. Yeah, I mean, they also got a guy who might play Major League Baseball and quit football totally. 
Um, <laughs> the number one tight end in the class, Deuce Robinson. So, like, we'll see. Um, <laughs> but, again, just, like, a lot of talent there, a few five stars. Um, and then the transfer portal, they went out and got – There's a lot to discuss here. A lot to discuss. I want to start with the defensive line because that was an area of concern. Um, they couldn't stop a nosebleed. Uh, we saw Utah gash them for, for two games, basically. Uh, and so they went out and they went to the SEC and they got Big Bear Alexander, 6'3", 325 from Georgia. He was a former uh, four high four-star prospect, um, one of the top transfers in the country. I recently saw a video of like his new apartment. Do you see that? Yeah. And so he's definitely getting, getting, getting paid a, a pretty good amount to move to L.A., but he's going to be – I mean, he's going to eat up the Pac-12, in my opinion. Because yeah, he wasn't um, getting much time in, in Georgia uh, just because of the guys they had there. But, like, in the Pac-12, he's a different animal. Yeah, I think the one thing that you need to know about Barry Alexander and the kind of the situation in Georgia is, you know, Georgia's not one of these programs that is going to just play, like, their four best defensive linemen a majority of the snaps. They rotate a lot of guys, and – Herbie in specific, like he'll prioritize older guys, and obviously Bear wasn't an older guy. Like, it, not saying that Bear Alexander isn't a really good player, but to get on the field as a freshman at Georgia, you have to be like Akile Ringo or like a Michael Williams or Malachi Starks from last year. And Bear, like, while he is a very good player, wasn't like one of those guys. And so I think the move to USC was basically strictly playing time. He's going to be on the field a ton at USC. No dark, no doubt starter will yeah. we'll eat up the Pac-12. Yeah, another guy they got on the defensive line. Um, now, Bear Alexander is probably a, like a three technique, uh, like nose tackle yeah. type guy. Uh, Anthony Lucas is probably a guy who can play in like a 4-3 like um, as like, like another big defensive tackle slash defensive end. Um, Anthony Lucas out of Texas A&M. Uh, six six two seventy was was a high four star again out of high out of high school. Didn't have too much run, um, at A and M last year, but I, I know like he's a really athletic prospect. Um, yeah, the one thing that we kind of talked about last summer with A and M is like, yeah, the recruiting class was spectacular, but like they were like all all their like elite guys were on the defensive line, so like there wasn't room for everyone. Yeah, and he's you know, this- another playing time kind of issue. This kid's like a – he's not like a depth piece they brought in. Like, like this kid is a really – like, this kid's right. an NFL prospect, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, really good prospect. Excited to see how he does there with more playing time. Uh, they went out and got uh, Traquan Fegans from Alabama, cornerback. Another, I mean, high four-star coming out of high school. He has a brother who's a five-star in the class of 2025 who also committed to USC. So, you got that package deal, which is always nice. Mm-hmm. Um, they got Jack Sullivan, defensive lineman from Purdue. Uh, running back wise, they got Mar- Marshawn Lloyd from South Carolina, who's going to play. We mentioned it before, but they got Dorian Singer from Arizona. They got Christian Roland Wallace from Arizona, cornerback. We mentioned on our Arizona episode, so check that out. Keon Barris from Arizona. Um, Mason Cobb, uh, linebacker from Oklahoma State. Michael he was, he was the guy I actually was going to mention. I, I yeah. like him. Now he's going to be a good player, and, and linebacker was really not good for USC last year, mm-hmm. which is why I mentioned Tackett Curtis because I really do think that he's going to get playing time. Um, 
then the offensive line, they went out and got Michael Tarkin, um, who I believe started at Florida, or maybe was 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 a depth guy there, but I think he's better than what they had previously. Yeah. Uh, they got Jarrett Kingston from Wazoo um, as like an O-guard, I believe. And then they went out and got Emmanuel Prignon, uh from Wyoming, uh, who's another just interior offensive lineman. So they did damage in the transfer portal. And we're looking at a team that is going to be the jugger, juggernaut it was uh, on offense that we saw last year. And I think the defense is going to be improved. Now, will this ever be a top 20, top 30 defensive unit? Probably not. But- yeah, I mean, even even with USC recruiting, like Alex Grinch never really had like close to a top 20 defense at Oklahoma. Like they got better over the years. And I actually think their last their last year when their offense kind of actually faltered was their best year defensively. But yeah, I, I don't ever envision Alex Grinch building like an elite defense here. Yeah. Um what I I do want to mention though is like I really think this running game is gonna gonna be really solid. Um like they went out and got Marshawn Lloyd. Physical uh, runner. Yeah, fair, physical runner. Um, I know Darwin Barlow. I'm not sure how much how much run he got last year, um, but like I, I think they're expecting him to get bigger role. Um, Relique Brown. Uh, is is he still? Am I reading this right? Like, what happened to him? I like. I forget. Hold on, I'm lo- looking it up. <laughs> what what happened to Relique Brown? Um, so I know he played, he did play last yeah, he year. He had 42 carries for them last year. Yeah. So is, I, it, is, it, is his depth chart just like it, it could be off? Um, I think he's still there. Um, I want to say I remember on the preview I listened to, um, they mentioned him. Yeah, he's still but, there. He's still there. Yeah, I was gonna say, I don't remember him ever. Yeah. On the website we're using, this website, by the way, is like it's a good, like, we're gonna give a shout out to our lads, but like. Mm-hmm. They gotta fix That's, some of these depth it's charts. Not hundred percent updated. Yeah, like they. I mean, they have. They don't have Relique Brown, who I mean is going to be one of the more electrifying players on this offense. So yeah. Uh, the defense, though, I want to spend a little bit more time on, because defensive back was, how do I? They were not good at all, um, mm-hmm. and they had athletes that were highly recruited out of high school. They had Domani Jackson, a former five-star out of high school. Um, they had Sayer Wright, who was a high four-star. I mean, they had, like, athletes of that position, um, but they were not good whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So they went out, brought in we, Christian Do we Roland think that's Williams. more of a scheme thing? Well, I think I think their, their defensive backs coach is, is Dante Jackson, right? I think – yeah, I think so. Yeah, and he's he's a fantastic recruiter. Um but he's a really bad coach, like position coach. Um, he was one of the guys that I, I believe they kept from the Clay Helton just because he was a fan. He was getting all these, these, these um, cornerbacks, defensive back prospects out of high school. Uh, but they were always like not performing. So right. I don't know. I mean, like I've, it's always been my personal opinion that he's not a very good defensive backs coach because they have like, like five stars and four stars. Damani Jackson was like, the top corner in the class. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. But I mean, they also had injuries to that, at that position too. 
Um, I know like yeah, Jackson. I definitely think they're just deeper overall in the, in the secondary. Yeah. Also, like Kalen Bullock is the all conference, like good. Oh yeah, he's really good. Again, like I think Sayer White Wright is going to be really solid as a redshirt sophomore. Um, it's a guy to be looking out for. But linebacking, they basically went out and got like four new linebackers. Uh, which, was, which they were terrible at linebacker last year. So yeah. no, they they they, they were. But I've heard again, good things, by the way, about Jamil Muhammad from Georgia State. Yeah. No, Sam, I, I think he's going to be a like, So, like, like the thing about, like, some of these, like, Sunbelt schools is, like, they'll have the kids that, like, can't, like, they're not good enough to get into these, like, or not not to get into, but not good enough to play at, like, these, like, mid-level SEC schools. Like, they're right below, below that level. Um, But, like, they're still good players. And so, like, when you put those kids in like the Pac-12, they'll be productive players. Yeah, man, dude, this this roster really does not have like, yeah, the, the, okay, this this depth chart is kind of messed up. But like Zion Branch is another guy who didn't play much last year as a former top fifty prospect safety, mm-hmm. who like should be getting some more run on on this team. Like they have talent. Like let's not act like they're not like. They don't have bodies they could put out there who are high four stars, five star level prospects. It's just that I think the coaching was not good at all, and the scheme really didn't do much to alleviate some of like the depth problems. Yeah, but yeah. offensively, they're I mean, they're Caleb Williams is probably the best. Probably going to win the Heisman again. Yeah, uh, Brendan Rice, Jerry Rice's son, ended up having a great great season last year. Um, I believe he transferred two seasons ago from Colorado. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mario Williams is, is going to be there. Zachary yeah. Branch, you mentioned. Like, Taj I think Washington. he went, by the way. Taj Washington, they got from uh, – am, th- am I thinking of the right guy? Hold on. Yeah, Taj Washington, they got from Memphis. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's, he's been there, though. I'm yeah. thinking of someone else. He, but he had almost 800 yards last year. Yep. Oh, they have Relief Brown listed Relief as Brown a wide receiver. wide receiver. Okay. I, I don't think he's so, a wide receiver, though. I saw that at the same time as you. Like, I mean, they could, I guess, like, use him there. Why? Um, he's a great running back. I think that's probably a situation where you just, like, want to get him the ball, like, any way you can, right? Yeah. Like, he's just that good that of an sense. athlete. He's that fast. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously, like, we could talk about this roster all day because it's – Extremely talented, but win total. Uh, could we get that pulled up real quick? Yeah, it's nine and a half. Nine and a half. Um, I'm going over. Over. Like, I, I like the over as well. I'm going over, and this is also like one of the four teams I'm picking to make the college football playoff. Ooh, I wish we had like an alarm or something. Every time we mention, like, we talk about a, a playoff. Yeah, we'll, 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 as we work our way further east, we'll get, a, we'll get some more. <laughs> as we work our way further south and east, uh, yeah. we just start um, implementing that. <laughs> but USC, um, it's not an easy schedule, which is why the win total is at nine and a half, but like they should sleepwalk to six and oh. oh the, yeah. their, their first six games San Jose State at home, Nevada at home, Stanford at home, by week at ASU, at Colorado, Arizona at home. They get to mid October, they'll, they'll be six and zero without blinking an eye, and then they get into a tougher, tougher part of their schedule. They have to go to Notre Dame, Utah at home, Washington at home, UCLA at home, at Oregon. But I think they only lose probably one of those games, 
And then I think they win the Pac-12 championship. I mean, I thought yeah. like it looked like last year they were going to win the Pac-12. Caleb didn't get hurt in the title game. Yeah. So. Is it me or is playing at Notre Dame after you kind of go through that easy part of the schedule? Do you think I, I, to me that looks like the hardest game of the season? Probably. And I will be there for that game. So oh, no, so we're, we're going to get boots on the ground there. Yeah, um, I will be in attendance for USC and Notre Dame. Also, we, we talked just we're going to mention this for other teams as well, but we talked about how like I think Notre Dame kind of holds the key to like the last spot of the playoff this year mm-hmm. because Notre Dame plays they play they play Clemson, right? They play Clemson. Um, they got USC, Ohio State at home. Yeah, Clemson on the road. Yeah, so like I think they're going to win one of those games. It's so, like that's going to I think maybe take that team out of the playoff contention. I would. I would imagine they don't lose all three. Um, we'll obviously do a Notre Dame preview later in the yeah. year, but I think the, f- the two home games, those teams might just like be too explosive for them. Yeah. Um, I- I'm super excited. because I, I think, think all, th- all three of them are winnable though. Because I think Notre Dame's like actually going to be pretty good next year. I-, I do too. I just think like w- when you put them up against like the Ohio States and USC's of the world, like, there is a talent gap. They, they only lost by seven last year to Ohio State. And then they ended up losing to Marshall. Yeah, but, like, that wasn't a real seven. Like, <laughs> it, was a, it was a real seven. They held Ohio State to 14 points. Yeah, but, like, there was never a chance that Notre Dame was going to score in that game. That's true. I mean, that, that's, yeah. But I, like, think, I think Notre Dame's better as an offense than they were last year. Their offense Notre, Dame had, last year. Notre Dame had the ball many times that game, either up, like, up a score or down one score. It usually was down one score, but like the, like the times they had the ball in that game, I like never felt confident they were going to cross the 50 yard line. I don't want to ruin our Notre Dame preview, but I think they will be better. And I think they will beat one of these teams or two of these teams. Maybe not all three, but they're going to be two of them. So we'll see. Um, So yeah, we we both take the over on the win total. For USC, I think they're going to win the Pac-12 but not make the playoff just because of other factors. Okay. Yeah, the fact that like the fact that looking at this schedule, like they're going to walk into the season like needing walk into the second half of the season needing to go four and two to cash their win total. Yeah, like it's it, it's very favorable for them this year, and their roster is incredible. So, mm-hmm. okay, that's going to wrap up uh, this episode with USC. Thanks for listening, and uh, stay tuned for more Pac-12 action.